Thank you for listening to the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. If you enjoy the show and want to support us, the best ways are to leave a five-star review and subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us on Twitter or Instagram at lunchpailguys underscore. Welcome back to another episode of Lunch Pill, guys. Today we do have the full crew back for you. Yeah. Aiden is, Aiden is done load managing. The league has <laughs> fined him. He learned his lesson. <laughs> He's back. Um, as always, let's let's go over some news that we missed. First of all, um, LeBron and Tiger Woods both recently joined Michael Jordan as the world's only billionaire athletes. Anyone have any thoughts on that? This is like according to Forbes, right? So there's no, you know, nobody's really sure, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No one has any idea. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Like, does he have a billion dollars cash? What what determines a billionaire? I think the value of your question. assets too, probably. Like, it's all his crypto. He really, only a little bit of his money <laughs> from basketball. But... Yeah, true. <laughs> true. I mean, if he was in crypto though now, he would be <laughs> exactly. losing money yes, at yeah. this point. So <laughs> LeBron was a billionaire yesterday, but, <laughs> but it is just four months ago. Gone down and down and down. I, I saw a tweet that was like, since Matt Damon's like fortune favors the bold commercial or whatever, uh, whatever the crypto he was advertising for is down like 70%. So yeah, Yo. classic. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I remember still, Bart, your, my favorite quote, one of my favorite quotes about crypto came from you where it was like, the thing I or you saw a tweet that was like, um, I know crypto was in money because I've never had to be advertised to use the <laughs> <laughs> That's the fact. So Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh god. One um, of my favorite Bart quotes by way of yeah. <laughs> someone else's tweet. But it's, it's like the it's like the Wayne Gretzky um Michael yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. um let's talk about Notre Dame briefly. Uh, some Notre Dame news. Firstly, in the football world, Notre Dame landed a five-star quarterback commit in the 2024 class, CJ Carr. So that's exciting because uh, they, they might finally have a, an actual good quarterback and mm-hmm. not just like a serviceable quarterback. No offense to Ian Book. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Buckner this year, though. Yeah, I'll let him get a hold of that audio clip. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> let him get a hold of, hold of that... it and then he can come on the show. Yeah, there we go. His uh his granddad was a coach at Michigan too back in the day. Exactly. Yeah, and we and we Spicy. out recruited yeah. them still, so that's cool. Hey, Freeman, let's go. I I, I want to give Freeman credit for everything that goes right with Notre Dame these days. So including yeah. mm-hmm. the the next thing. <laughs> let's let's just hope he coaches as well as he recruits. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyways, and then in the baseball world, Notre Dame has shocked the world because they upset Tennessee in the Super Regionals. So Notre Dame is on to the College Baseball World Series. They play uh, Texas, like fifth rate, some ranked Texas on Friday. So it's the first time they're back there since 2002, I saw. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, the games were pretty fun, too. Yeah. The, at least the last game was. They, made, they kind of mounted a comeback in, in the eighth. It was pretty cool. Yeah, and it seemed like everyone hated Tennessee because apparently they like they're kind of they've been trashing dugouts and they trash talk a lot. And so oh, I was really? happy to see them go down. Yeah, they were talked about as like the best college baseball team ever, and then didn't make it to the college World Series. So tough to no be a volunteer. For the Irish. Yeah. 
Apparently Notre Dame's men's baseball team also has really good mustaches. So, because it's it's a mustache like era, I've been told now apparently. <laughs> and um, Notre Dame's the, the best of them. We're not doing the beards yeah. in baseball anymore. <laughs> no, just just mustaches. I mean, they're like nineteen, so could they even like grow beards? You know, so that's probably why it's mustaches at this point. I, know, I was watching those games. They look like twenty eight. Like to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Aiden, you were talking about how a lot of people didn't like Tennessee. Did you? Did anybody see their shirts, the classless versus Catholic shirts? Yeah. yeah. Did anybody see that? I, that I did. <laughs> Which is not even in the right order, right? Yeah, yeah. It was. Right. It's yeah. in the wrong order. It should be Catholic. Yeah, Catholics versus, versus classless. Catholic. I don't know. Yeah. Or yeah, versus classless. You had one job. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, <clears throat> Nick Young, formerly of the NBA, also known as Swaggy P, is going to fight Blueface in a celebrity boxing event. <laughs> is anybody going to watch this? No. no. Is that like no. a pay-per-view thing? Like, do I have to like go out of my way to pay for that? Because not that I'd watch <laughs> I it anyway, so. but the fact that anyone would pay money to watch that is just wow. <laughs> yeah. Celebrity sporting events of any kind don't make sense to me, really. But good for him. He'll probably make some money off of it. Uh, and then lastly, keeping in the NBA world, the Hornets signed Kenny Atkinson as their new coach. That's exciting, maybe. Congrats, Kenny. Yeah. Hope you do well. Or, yeah, maybe Hornets could be scary next year. Who knows? Um, all right. With that, let's dive in. Today we're going we're gonna to get some takes from Wyatt. We're going to talk about the latest Tom Brady drama, and we're going to talk about some college football transfers. So let's dive right in. Wyatt, for the first time ever, Wyatt's bandwagons, what do you got for us? Yeah, we're calling this segment Wyatt's Wagons because it makes sense. <clears throat> I'm hopping <laughs> off three bandwagons today and hopping on one bandwagon today. For the first bandwagon I'm hopping off, it's Draymond Green, and it's specifically Draymond Green and the Warriors' charm. I'm. We talked about them being a fairly likable team going into this series. It's lost. It's lost on me. Draymond Green has come completely unhinged on the basketball court to a point where it's kind of hard to root for them anymore. And I know that that's what Draymond Green does. His entire shtick is that he is irritable. He's like Patrick Beverly Supreme, like the, the Hall of Fame version of Patrick Beverly. But he has a podcast and he's getting a lot of criticism for it. And I think rightfully so, because he's like, what else do you want me to do? It's eat, sleep, watch film. Yes, I want you to eat, sleep, and watch film. Not make a podcast. He's like, you're going to get this podcast. So when you're not playing well, you're you're completely unhinged. You're, you're playing so recklessly that it's not even considered basketball anymore. He is putting together one of the worst final performances we've ever seen. Like like literally his true shooting, perform, uh, true shooting percentage is the worst in NBA history as it stands right now. So, yeah, of course I want you to eat, sleep, and watch film. Do better, bud. This next one, uh, I'm hopping off 80s basketball. And Cedric Maxwell and Isaiah Thomas were talking as like this halftime or end of or post-game show. And Draymond Green started this argument, so maybe this is a double Draymond Green bandwagon. Hmm. He was talking about how people in the 80s got bullied. And I think that the physicality in the 80s is kind of overstated, or at least like the, the level of which people played. I don't care what 80s basketball players have to say about today's basketball game. Because they're always going to say that the 80s was better. He said, uh, Cedric Maxwell said, that expletive Draymond Green was doing, in the 80s he would have got knocked out. Okay. 
Like, why why does this ever get reported? Of course, <laughs> Cedric Maxwell and Isaiah Thomas are going to talk about the 80s in a very good light. Of course, they're going to say it's so tough and nobody else can do it. Until Cedric Maxwell says that today's basketball is better, who cares what an 80s basketball player has to say about the 80s? They're always going to say the same thing. <laughs> the third bandwagon I'm hopping off is old men taking selfies, specifically Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers old. was, yeah, I mean, old in quotation marks. I know that they're not. In the scheme of life, uh, Tom Brady, he does a lot of these like selfie videos Every time he does a selfie video, it is way too close to his face to like the point where it's like it's so awkward to look at. He he doesn't blink ever. It's just like he's just staring right into your soul the entire time. <clears throat> and Aaron Rodgers took a selfie with Devontae Adams. It looked like they were on a golf course. It was from a downward angle, and Aaron Rodgers is making like a scrunchy face. Like the like just hold it right in front of your face, arm out, and smile. You don't have to do it from like a weird angle. Hold it too close. Hold it above you. That's what old people do. All right. Get better at taking photos. Or at least you're rich enough. Hire a videographer. Tom Brady, at least. Tom Brady does seem kind of cool because I saw him at an F1 race with Lewis Hamilton. Not F1. He was at an event with Lewis Hamilton. And he looked cool during that. But then it He's doesn't hit. translate to me with when he holds the camera way too close to his face. <laughs> and the only bandwagon I'm hopping on is the potential Rams New Jerseys. They're going to change their jerseys going into 2021 and 2022. They're waiting to debut it, but they plan to wear a modern throwback. So it's going to be, hopefully they move far away from the worst jerseys in football. The the terrible gradients that they have on the numbers, the ugly colors. The I mean, the logo is still always going to be bad in my opinion, but hopefully they start to kind of go back to at least what I thought was a mid-tier jersey. So Let's hope that they go just just above mid tier and they actually spice it up. If that gradient is on there, I'm hopping off the bandwagon. Next chance I get. <laughs> my favorite, uh, one of my favorite quotes from about the Rams back in the day was, uh, "This looks like the logo of a logistics company." That's a good one. Yeah. No, I'm gonna kind of kind of take you up on your '80s basketball bandwagon because I agree. <laughs> There's no like more relentless self promoters than like '80s basketball stars. Like I was listening to a. Uh, Nick Wright's podcast where he's like ranking the top 50 NBA players of all time. And I think he had Isaiah Thomas or last 50 best 50 players of the last 50 years or something. And he got to Isaiah Thomas, um, put him at like 16 or something like that. And then he was like, you know, I used to like think Isaiah Thomas was like not that high up, like that he was overrated. And then I talked to Isaiah Thomas <laughs> and he sold me <laughs> on like on why he deserved to be up there. And he's like, yeah, Isaiah Thomas said that like, you know, he just did what he needed to to make the team better, and that's why he only averaged, like, 19 points and, like, 8 assists per game because, like, he was just doing whatever made the team better. And I'm like, do you not hear yourself talking right now that, like, I thought this guy was, like, an okay basketball player, and then I talked to him myself? <laughs> and so it's just, like, I feel like it's in that same genre of, like, like self-promoting behavior of, like, yeah, like, I played in the best era of basketball. I was the toughest. Draymond would have get knocked out. Like, come on. Like... I don't like it's just like making yourself seem cool. It's not the It's more the than same that. thing every single time. They always say the same thing. They always say they would have gotten knocked out back in the day. They're too soft today. I don't think you would have knocked them out. Like like I think Draymond Green is right. Like a lot of people were getting bullied more than they were the bullies. And it's just I'm sick of hearing everyone saying that they would have uppercut somebody because they did blank. Like I don't think you would have. I'm calling you out. I don't think you would have. Of course you would say like, that, but I don't think you would. 
Like, did Isaiah Thomas ever actually punch anybody in a basketball game? Like, <laughs> he didn't need to. I had lame beer. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, true, I guess. Isaiah but... Thomas's yeah. soft, uh, valuable fists were not worth risking. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, he needed to do what made the team better. So, like, he couldn't risk his own hands. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'm telling you, y'all are about to get phone calls from Isaiah Thomas, and your minds are going to be changed. He's just gonna like hypnotize <laughs> you. This, gonna... <laughs> title this episode: I will fight Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> okay, I may take back. I googled Isaiah Thomas punch in a basketball game, and the first thing that comes up is Isaiah Thomas punches Rick Mahorn in the head. So apparently, oh. <laughs> it did actually happen. Nobody knows said. though that sports fights aren't real fights. They're just kind of like <laughs> yeah. it's a little bit of push in, maybe a punch or thumb, but nobody ever connects. Nobody ever gets knocked out. It's just they're not real fights. Uh, can I just, I want to offer one edit, which is that I feel like it's not an 80s player thing. I feel like every ex-NBA player has this problem yeah. uh, based on the way You're analysts right. talk. And it really seems like it's almost like I don't have anything better of substance to add to this conversation. So I'm going to fall back to talking about how good it was back mm-hmm. in my yeah. day. I, mm-hmm. I, yeah. But the 80s players are definitely probably the most annoying. I would throw 90s players actually is more annoying, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you hate Michael He's Jordan. That's, that's why. It's the Jordan thing. Oh yeah, it's absolutely gosh. the Jordan thing. Okay, so let's let's talk about this then. Did you guys? A tweet went out. It was like X amount of years ago today. Jordan did this layup, and it was the switch hands layup. Right, mm. he goes up and he switches hands. Nick Wright talked about it as well. It's like a. It's like that's just like a routine play. Like nobody <laughs> nobody talks more glowingly about you know the eighties and nineties about just routine basketball. These are the fundamentals of basketball in today today's game. Okay. Upload a Basic video of yourself switch. doing that, and then we can talk it's about it. No, no, okay. <laughs> that, is not how, that is not how sports analysts go. It's not, I can do it better. It's just that it's not as special as it seems. I could be Michael Jordan 101, though. I'm calling I'm saying that. He's pretty I old at this point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, can you just keep adding people to the list of players yeah. that will play exactly. as the game goes on? I would be a mercenary for that. I would do that, so... I would pay to get uh, beaten up by Michael Jordan. Yeah, I just feel like you're already booked, Wyatt. I feel like there's too many. <laughs> yeah, you, you I'm waiting booked. for the booking. Exactly. I got a lot of ads out there, I'll tell you that much. I know, you're going to have Swaggy P calling you up any day now also. Exactly. Know, like, we threw a fight, you Swaggy P and Blueface. One on one on one. Triple boxing match, yeah. I'm in there. I'd pay to watch that. I would. That would be pretty good. Anybody that wants... You know, need somebody to fight Michael Jordan for them. Our Instagram is at lunchpailguys underscore. <laughs> yeah, you can find why the there. <laughs> and I'll talk about it. Anyways, <laughs> speaking of greatest of all time athletes, Tom Brady had some drama recently. Uh, he was asked in a press conference whether there was any validity to the claims about him joining the Dolphins in any capacity. And his answer was basically not convincing at all. I mean, he didn't even really address it. Lucas... I, let's ask you, do you think these reports about him joining the Dolphins are a big deal? Should Bucks fans be worried about the season at all? Yeah, so I do want to start by just like reading the quote. And this is like excerpt a little bit from a CBS Sports article. But he said, when asked about the Dolphins, he said, I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of people, as I've had over the past three or four years in my career, about different opportunities when I'm done playing football. I kind of made a decision what I'd like to do. I'll get to be in the game of football. Dot, dot, dot. The most, the most important thing 
is where I'm at now and what I hope to do for this team. That's my commitment to this team, this organization, which is a nothing answer. Like he didn't say anything. Like Mm -hmm. he just said like four sentences worth of nothing. So what, again, what it sounds like is that he's waffling and that he absolutely a hundred percent talked to the box. So box to the dolphin. So just assuming that that is true. Is it a big deal from the Bucks' perspective? I think like mildly so, like maybe like a three out of 10. Um, I mean, Brady openly talking about flirting with another team. Um, in the offseason, the fact that he, like, retired in the offseason is probably not a good thing from, like, a stability perspective that, like, your starting quarterback is considering so many different options of, like, maybe I won't come back at all. Maybe I'll play for a different team. Um, but with that being said, again, Brady's 44. He's absolutely not the long-term option there. I think the Bucks definitely have a plan in place if he were to just be like, oh, I'll go to the Dolphins. I'll retire tomorrow. Like, I think that from that the Bucks' perspective, it's probably not a huge deal. Um, in that respect. And now that he is committed to the box, um, I wouldn't worry about it. If it were another player who was like maybe less focused on winning, I might be a little bit worried about the commitment issues, but Tom Brady is Tom Brady. He will do anything and everything to win. I think as long as he's on the box, he's going to be committed to playing there. So generally from the box perspective, I don't think it's a huge deal. As for what it means for like the league generally, I think it's just like another piece of evidence that player mobility is at an all time high. We've like discussed it on the show before. Um, but players now have all the options to really show their worth and play where they want to. I think that's a good thing, and I think Brady basically admitting that he was shopping around, or at the very least, shopping in Miami for a new team, shows that player mobility is a trend that is here to stay, and I think something we need to prep for. Yeah, I think one thing that was interesting for me, what I took away from it, is how this could potentially, I don't know if it actually will, but how it should affect the way we viewed the Brian Flores situation with the Dolphins, because as Lucas, you had mentioned, as you alluded to, about how this affects the league is this is tampering. If you, you technically, even though he was retired, he was still under contract with the Bucks. So an owner can't talk to if he was the Dolphins owner that he talked to, he can't talk to a player in that capacity in terms of joining the team while he's still under contract with the Bucks. And for me, this gives more credence to Brian Flores' accounts of his experience with the Dolphins, such as offering a hundred thousand dollars to lose games. Now it seems even more plausible because we have another account of a potentially unscrupulous deal going on with the Dolphins owner. At the end of the day, the NFL, like Wyatt said last time, works for the owners, not for the players. And they've already determined their verdict, so they're just going to find evidence to make that verdict correct rather than the other way around. But that was my major takeaway from it is that like, I think if you didn't believe Brian Flores before, this is another evidence point like come on brian flores got completely screwed by this franchise and i don't mean to like be down like take this in a down way that this story but that's that's my major takeaway from it i'm sorry i do think that there is a lot of legitimacy in more or more legitimacy in what the brian flores uh situation is starting to look like now if tom brady really was manipulated manipulating the situation that much in miami it does seem like the Dolphins were trying to get Brian Flores to do some shady stuff. So that's, there's a lot of legitimacy there. I feel like this is just being passed off of like, Oh, it's, it's classic Tom. Like Tom's just trying to do this. Tom just wants to own a team. Tom, Tom's going to go to Miami. That's so fun. Let's just talk about how fun it is that Tom Brady is going to switch teams for a third time. He got like Tom Brady. Isn't just completely like, bending everybody over backwards or everyone's bending over backwards to just appease Tom Brady. Tom Brady was going to leave. He comes back. He gets, um, he gets his head coach fired. 
And he's just, everyone's like, oh, he retired. That is true. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's not a coincidence that he's like, I'm actually unretired. And the next day, new head coach. It's a head coach shift. Everyone's, oh, you know, that's just no big deal. It's just Todd Bowles. That's fun. That's such a fun thing to do for Tom Brady. It's so quirky. And then he goes and Brian Flores, you know, they're doing some shady things with every Brian Flores. And everyone's like, oh, that's so fun and quirky for Tom Brady to try to go and be a part owner of the Miami Dolphins and play quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. I just feel like it's just bad. I just feel like it's just a bad look, not only for Tom Brady, but for the league to have somebody like just completely manipulate everybody in every situation. It just doesn't sit right with me. I would be curious to hear the thoughts. I mean, we never will, but the thoughts of other Bucks players, because like I had the same thought, which is like, they must be frustrated because if this wasn't Tom Brady, there would be repercussions, but like their backup is Blaine Gabbert. Tom Brady is Tom Brady. Obviously they're going to, they're going to respect him and they, they know they're reliant on him. And I mean, they think they're contenders probably again this year. Right. So it's like the players are probably like, okay, you were literally shopping around and you might've gone to a different team, but we're supposed to come back this season and play with you. Like everything is normal. And it's going to be passed off the way because Tom is Tom. I think that must be really annoying. What's the difference between, though, a player entering free agency and getting offers from other teams but then coming back and re-signing with your team? From a locker room perspective. I mean, Because it was a fake retirement. Yeah. (laughs) It was a 45-day retirement. Mm -hmm. If if any other player, Jared, Jared, name a player for me. If any other player in the league did it, if any other play, if Tyreek Hill did it, he fake retired for 45 days, talked to another team about trying to gain an ownership and also move over to that team at the same time. I think a lot of people would crucify that player for doing that. And a lot of people and a lot of people on that same team would probably alienate that player for doing that as well. But when it's Tom Brady, it's just like that's just so funny. Like Tom has just opened up so much. He's so bold. Whatever it might be, I just it's I think it's reckless as a player to, to go and do something like that. Yeah, I don't know. And Brett, I, Favre, I, Brett Favre did the same stuff too, though. Okay, but but where he would be like, "I'm retiring." No, just kidding. I'm coming back. Yeah, and he got I, also and to I respond like to the Bruce po- Arians thing made too. Made fun of him for it. But the for teams the Bruce, were still go ahead, like, yeah, no, the teams were still happy to have him though. And I yeah. feel like that's what would happen in any of these cases is that the Bucks, the alternative for the Bucks is Blaine Gabbert. So yeah, they're going to be happy about it. And they're not exactly not true, <laughs> Kyle Trask. Um, so they can't get, despite all these rumors, I mean, what do they care if they have Tom Brady back another season? They'd rather this whole circus, I'd imagine, than the alternative. And I feel like the same would apply to any retired player if, he's, if they're coming back to your team. You think the Packers would have just been like, oh, it's just classic Aaron. If Aaron Rodgers did the same thing and he tried to weasel his way to a different team. Yeah, they would take him back. They just back. paid him $50 yeah. million dollars a year. They, they would totally see that. That is classic After a sham Aaron, retirement. That is classic, that is classic Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, also, I also don't agree that, like, sure, it could look like Brady forced, like, Bruce Arians out, but Bruce Arians uh, has addressed it, and maybe, like, this is just the, the company story or whatever, but he said he didn't want to give Todd Bowles a bad situation, like, a, a situation with, like, a bad quarterback. Now that Brady's is, Brady is back, he can, like, all right, I can leave now. I feel like Bruce Arians was like, yeah, I'm kind of on the way out. And then he was like, this is my out. He, he is up there in years, right? Yeah, yeah he's kind of, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Honestly, though, what was in it for Brady, like, even thinking about the Dolphins? Like, I guess the <laughs> minority ownership or whatnot. Like, they're not a better team. It's still Florida. It's not like he's, you know, fleeing for the weather. <laughs> So, but is it further south? I think it is. It is. It is. <laughs> it so is. I don't know. Miami's Miami, I guess. Uh, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's a bit sexier than Tampa Bay, but still, just it's confusing that, to me. He's a big FTX 
ambassador in Miami's becoming like a crypto haven right now, so that that's probably it. Tom Brady, the fourth billionaire yeah. athlete, fourth coming. Honestly, though, I I feel like he's probably like fourth or fifth on that list, right? Yeah. Anyway, Google exists. We can figure that's it out. True. He probably won't get there by the time he as an active player, though. Because isn't Le- LeBron and Tiger the only two to be active mm-hmm. billionaires, mm-hmm. right? Can we even still consider Tiger active? Who's to say? <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe in, yeah, yeah, as long as he plays five, one golf golf course a year, you know. He's, yeah. He's, yeah. Is he going to play in the U.S. Open? He's probably playing in the U.S. Open, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe all like Phil Mickelson, all these guys playing in the Saudi back tour, will become you know billionaires. In the next <laughs> yeah, but winning like so, two tournaments. Anyway, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, we forgot about that in the news. Yeah, yeah all that controversy. That. <laughs> yeah. According to ClutchPoints.com. Uh, Tom Brady's net worth is four hundred million. Oh, oh uh, get your money up, Tom. Get your money up. That's exactly. <laughs> but you gotta work a little <laughs> harder there, Tom. Try exactly. to own a but team. Him and like Giselle that. combined six hundred million. So mm. you know. get your money up, Giselle. I'm surprised okay. they're not. I wouldn't be. I guess I wouldn't have been shocked if they were billionaires together. But I, yeah, he's no LeBron. Get your money up, Tom. <laughs> Anyways, let's move on. Uh, last segment of the day, we're going to talk about college football transfers. Um, this is one that we've been thinking about doing for a while. We're finally getting it off the back burner. So we're each just going to go through a player that we think is going to be particularly successful at their new school. Aiden, the floor is yours. Uh, I'm going to go with the guy that few of us have heard of. Um, he's kind of low-key. Spencer Rattler. Um, <laughs> he's a bit of a, you know, he's not my favorite person, but I do think he'll be solid for South Carolina this year. I think he'll definitely make them better. Um, South Carolina last year had a bit of a nightmare QB situation. They had several guys they kind of tried out. No one was consistent. They had injury issues. Uh, I think their like opening day starter was a former graduate assistant coach on the team. Remember, mm-hmm. Zed yeah. Nolan, yep, who had to be moved to the active roster <laughs> to play. Uh, so this is an upgrade for South Carolina, and they're like a solid team. Besides that, they went seven and six last year. Not amazing, but they were two and eight the year before. So. Shane Beamer, this team's a little bit on the rise. And Spencer Rattler, yes, he was crappy last year, or just obviously not Caleb Williams level last year. His redshirt freshman year was fantastic, though. Um, he was very good in the spring game. I know we all watched the Gamecock spring game a couple weeks back. <laughs> he was very good in it. Uh, so I do think he'll bounce back. And not that, you know, South Carolina is going to compete for an SEC title, but I think they could be, you know, eight and four or something like that. So I think they're an interesting team to watch into next year i think that's who's gonna be the better usc next year south carolina or (laughs) southern california it always confuses me when people refer to south carolina as usc or like wisconsin for me like when people refer to wisconsin as u-dub i'm like what are you talking about stop that yeah (laughs) we should have like a convention that just like decides like what is what like you can just like pick but there needs to be some consistency across the board you know yeah no i think it's a good pick i think rattler will like thrive there because, like, I think without, like, the burden of expectation of being at Oklahoma and being that yeah. quarterback and being on a lower-key program where he's clearly, like, the guy yeah. and there won't be much competition, yeah. I feel like it's going to be a really good situation yeah. for him. Because he definitely likes being the guy too much. Yep. Uh-huh. Anyway. <laughs> a little bit too much. Yeah. Is that what you just said, too much? Yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, let's jump over to the defensive side of the ball. Jared, Brandon Joseph. Yes, super stoked about this one. I'm actually really excited about a lot of other ones, a lot of other transfers that I'll mention at the end, but I got to give love to Brandon Joseph here. We lost Kyle Hamilton, our All-American to the draft, and replaced him with another All-American defensive back from Northwestern. 
Wyatt, you might remember him from the 2020 Big Ten Championship. He had that crazy pick where one-handed diving back like this and picked it off. Super talented. He was a unanimous, unanimous first team All-American in the 2020 season. And um, he's already apparently a leader in the locker room. And I think it's just, uh, it's good for the defense, obviously. But I think good for the program where, as we said, like it seems like Marcus Freeman's recruiting really, really well. We have the top 2023 class. We got a five-star QB for the 2024 class. And maybe Marcus Freeman potentially can make Notre Dame a sort of uh, DBU. We're already kind of an offensive lineman school, but if we start becoming like maybe a defensive back factory and like we can use something like, look at how well Kyle Hamilton's doing in the NFL and his draft status, mm-hmm. Brandon Joseph yeah. will kind of add to that and hopefully add some wins on the field. So I'm super excited about this one. We just need to keep stealing I'm, all Americans from other schools. Why not? Yeah. Fine by me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm really excited for Notre Dame, but not like next season, but in like the 2025 season. Like once they're all Freeman's guys, like I think they're, we're going to be really good like once it's all Freeman's guys there. But I do worry like a little bit about like Ohio State next year. But I, I mean, think that's like a three years from now. It's always yeah, going to be a tough game for, against them. Yeah. But <laughs> I think like two or three years from now, Notre Dame... I want to. I want to put out the question. Marcus Freeman brings some national title once all his guys are there. You get three question marks from me on that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well. Anyway, Lucas, you're up next. Who you got? Um, I'm going with Jameer Gibbs. And for those of you who don't know, Jameer Gibbs is a junior running back who recently transferred from Georgia Tech to Alabama. I think Gibbs is the exact type of guy who increased transfer mobility benefits. He was a second-team All-American at Georgia Tech as an all-purpose back, but was more mired on a team that was going through a big transition. They were, like, moving away from the option to just, like, a normal sort of, like, offense, and it was just kind of bad, and he got lost. Um, but moving to Alabama super elevates his profile for a guy who was already really good. So I remember seeing him when Notre Dame walloped Georgia Tech 55 nothing um, in football this year throw that in there but i was genuinely (laughs) impressed with him he's got great athleticism and speed he took back two kicks for 64 yards he just looked really like he he clearly was heads and shoulders above like other people on the georgia tech team and he's just like a great overall player he was third in the fbs in all purpose yards per game hit under 50.4 he broke six plays for 50 or more yards that was also tied for third in the fbs and i think he can really succeed at a place with the institutional stability of alabama so overall i think uh, Jameer Gibbs is like a guaranteed 1,000-yard guy next year um, and is almost certainly going to be a first-team All-American, too. I'm pretty high on him, and I think it'll really help Alabama and help him, too, at the same time. Almost certainly sounds yeah. an awful lot like I'm booking it. I'll book that I'll... Jameer Gibbs is a first-team All-American next year. Oh. <laughs> That's oh. the first book in a while, I feel like, too. Actually. And I'll also That's... book it that he has more than 1,000 yards rushing next year. But I would like to add the asterisks that if he gets injured, I am not bound by those buckets. Okay. Bylaws. <laughs> yes. Lawyer over here. Some of us are savvy enough to uh, tie injuries into our buckets. Uh, don't want to name any names. But anyways, why, who do you got? I'm going to go with uh, kind of the golden boy of the transfer portal over the last couple of months. Jordan Addison from Pitt. <clears throat> Probably never, or a couple of people have never heard of him until he entered the transfer portal. I didn't because he played at Pitt, and now he's going to USC. Uh, in our list of possible players that we could have named, Caleb Williams was one of them. None of us have listed Caleb Williams as a really good transfer, but he's obviously a fantastic quarterback. Lincoln Riley 
is now the new head coach of USC. And Lucas, you mentioned about in 2025 when Marcus Freeman has all those guys. We don't have to wait that long for USC. Jordan Addison, Caleb Williams, Lincoln Riley already has all of his guys now. At least they've hit the transfer portal pretty well. So I think that he's going to be a fantastic player, at least on the big stage. USC is obviously a huge brand. They're going to be even bigger now that Lincoln Riley is kind of like the hot new face in. But he had 1,500 yards, 17 touchdowns in pit. He also had set a record for 100 receptions uh, in 14, se- 14 games last season. So, I mean, he's he's clearly a fantastic player. I watched some of his highlights yesterday as part of my research. And, um, you know, I, I'm excited to see Caleb Williams play on a really big stage with a superstar wide receiver. I mean, you could probably both see them go, both going within the top 12 of their respective drafts over the next, you know, two years. We'll be we'll be seeing them every year at uh, Notre Dame, so. <clears throat> no, I do think, like, that's like going to be a really scary combo mm-hmm. this year, too. For sure. Oh, yeah. Like, the rivalry will be really fun, though. I'm excited for it. Although, I was thinking... Uh, 2025 though are they still going to be as good you know usc once caleb <laughs> williams and addison are out who knows they'll probably the get a five-star are... quarterback like this summer yeah, <laughs> yeah that's all lincoln Riley does True. bart what True. about you yeah. what, who do you got i am going to discuss quinn ewers uh who transferred to texas he is i think this is a really interesting situation um because like he hasn't played since his junior year of high school which was like 2019 2020 no 20 yeah 2020 21 um, he sat out his senior year. Actually, he just skipped his senior year of high school. And then obviously he didn't beat out CJ at Ohio State. Um, so he took two snaps the whole season, which I think is hilarious at the end of the Michigan State game. But I still think he's good. He dominated in Texas, which is like the high school football capital of the states, right? He put up 73 touchdowns to eight picks in two seasons. He was the first perfectly rated quarterback recruit, if I can say that without it being cringeworthy since Vince Young. <laughs> so like he's obviously really talented. He's just not as talented as CJ Stroud, who many people think could go number one in his draft. So like who really cares? Um, and, say again. Future giant. Future gi- yeah. Mm. Heck oh yeah. Putting the tank in. It's <laughs> book it. Um yours is funny too, because like I saw a report that made it seem like the quarterback battle is still ongoing. And so, like, if he doesn't win this quarterback battle, it'll be hilarious, first of all. And it'll also be a master class on how to exploit NIL and just, like, make off like a thief. It it will be amazing if he does that. But I think he will actually start. I think he will be good. I think Texas's (laughs) offense is going to be good. Steve Sarkeesian's going to his second season. They got a good wide receiver group. They have arguably the best running back in the country in Bijan Robinson. They have the fifth recruiting class this year. So it's exciting. I will say Sam Ellinger's we're back. I might have set the whole program back, like, a decade but I'm here to say I'm, I'm here to say that Quinn Ewers might might set it right, and the and the Texas's backers are finally going to be correct this year. Apparently, uh, apparently Arch Manning though his leading uh his leading school is Texas too. Oh. So if he commits there, <laughs> and I thought, Ewers, Lane, yeah. I, I thought um, Kirby was going to. No, excuse me, Lane Kiffin was going to get him. We'll see. Mm. Just, when does he have to commit? It feels right. I feel like this has been going on for like two years. I don't know. I I have no idea how old he is. (laughs) He's probably been recruited since like sixth grade. So, yeah. 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 I think he just like finished his junior year. Like he's like next. Oh, okay. So he's getting close. I wouldn't be surprised if he was like just entering the eighth grade or something. I really have no (laughs) idea how old Archie Manning is. He's going to say that are school. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Career. Quiet. The guys that are entering eighth grade now are all going to go play for Marcus Freeman and Edward. So. That's right. All the people right. born in like 2009 or whatever. 
2009. Can I get some honorable mentions out there, though? Yeah, go for it. Bo Nix to Oregon. Watch out. Mm. Watch out for that one. I'm really really intrigued about that one. And then the kind of corollary, maybe you could say, to that is Jaden Daniels to LSU. So it's like a mm. uh, an SEC quarterback going to the Pac-12 and then a Pac-12 quarterback going mm. to the SEC. Really interested to see how both of them fare. And like, if Jaden Daniels, for example, does really well with Brian Kelly, not only will that make Brian Kelly look good, which will be kind of funny, but if a middle-tier Pac-12 quarterback can put up good numbers in the SEC, the whole SEC defense narrative can be like officially put to bed, I think. They've been putting up Big 12 numbers in that conference for a while now. Besides Georgia, I mean, come on now. Like, Alabama's giving up 40 points now. I'm really I mean, interested hey, in those two. Noted good quarterback <laughs> coach Brian Kelly. I'm sure we'll have a field he's a, day. He's a quarterback whisperer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the pantheon of Deshaun Kaiser and Ian Book and you know Brandon Wimbush. Could be worse. Yeah, Everett Golson. You know. Everett Golson. <laughs> Tommy Reese. Some true know? legends. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but no, Jaden Daniels will be the most athletic quarterback he's had since Everett Golson. So I think I'm, I'm, that's why I'm really excited about it. And Everett Golson, like, or not Everett Golson, Jaden Daniels was not really that good at Arizona State, but he's going to have a much better supporting cast. But presumably going also going against better talent now. So I'm, I'm really curious to see that, how that goes. Also, if you want me to yeah. talk, listeners, if you want me to talk more Pac-12 football, I'm looking for an excuse. I watch the 11 Eastern, uh, 8 Pacific games every week. At lunchbill guys underscore tell us. <laughs> I can't believe you just admitted that out loud. Oh my god! Embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. How One dare of my you? Favorite games of the week sometimes is the the APM. Act twelve after dark. Oh my god. I imagine the ads are very targeted because they know it's like Jared and I don't know one or two other people. So it's yeah, just, yeah, Jared and my dad. That's it. <laughs> but anyways, thank you for listening. As always, this is only episode one. We'll have another one coming your way this week, focused on sports movies. So stay tuned to hear um, for our next episode. Hear which sports movies are overrated, underrated. Some talk of which are the best ever. Um, is it Space Jam two? You'll see. Um, But (laughs) anyway, please like and subscribe wherever you listen. Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Um, Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at lunchpailguys underscore um, and on TikTok too. And yeah, if your name is Isaiah Thomas or Michael Jordan, please accept why it's calendar invite. It's hard to miss. It says fight in all caps. A lot of exclamation points. Um, so, So please accept that. And yeah, see you next episode.